Thanks for tuning in to the Health Scientist Podcast. I'm your host, Richie Kerwin, and today I'm going to be speaking with Alberto Nunez. Alberto is a pro-natural bodybuilder and bodybuilding coach and has earned his pro status in virtually every major natural bodybuilding organization. He's also played a vital role in promoting the natural bodybuilding movement. Uh, on top of that, he is one of the founders of Team 3D Muscle Journey. And with them, his contributions as a coach and an athlete and an author have helped propel some of the growth the sport of bodybuilding has seen over the last decade. Um, I've followed Alberto on social media for quite some time and I've really enjoyed his down-to-earth musings on training and nutrition. So it was a real honor for me to get to speak with him about his thoughts on the sport of natural bodybuilding and his own journey through it. Um, I really hope you enjoy this episode and even learn something from it because I know I learned a lot from Alberto. And if you do, I'd love it if you left a rating or a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Or if you're listening on YouTube, consider hitting the like button and subscribing for more great podcasts. And if you can, uh, please share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, or even LinkedIn. Uh, not only do I massively appreciate it, but it really helps to promote the podcast to more people, which encourages other guests to come on and speak. And that means I can get even more great content out to you. And on a final note, if you know someone who you think this information could benefit, maybe a coach or someone interested in natural bodybuilding, please let them know about it and maybe it can be of some use to them. Uh, I also just want to mention that near the end of the interview, there was an issue with Alberto's audio, which I wasn't able to completely fix. That's completely my fault. And I hope you can still enjoy and learn from the great points he makes. So on to this conversation with Alberto. Let's talk science. Alberto, how are you doing? Fantastic, man. Fantastic. It's, it's uh, early in the week, so the stress hasn't caught up yet. Good, a good way to be. Uh, I'm feeling that way myself. Except the stress is pretty tight, pretty high already. But uh, um, I'm glad to hear. Listen, thank you so much for coming on and joining us today. I really, really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, to speak with us. No, no, my pleasure. This is a uh, this is going to be a good one. I can feel it. And uh, no pressure. Uh, no, no pressure, man. No pressure. Only, only high expectations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I suppose to, to start off, one of the first things I, 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 I suppose we can do is, just for anybody who might not be familiar with, with you, could you give us a little bit of an introduction as to, to who you are and what it is that you do, please? Okay. Um, well, uh, first of all, um, I still consider my, not, not necessarily an athlete first, but it's a very important part of me. So I started competing in natural bodybuilding back in 2007. And uh, had a good time with it, did fairly well. And then before I knew it, it's like, oh, wow, we have this coaching company, 3D Muscle Journey. And uh, and that more or less got rolling a little informal at first, like right around 2009, 2010. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I mean, time flies. And, and we were doing the online coaching thing back when it was – Kind of weird, a little sus, right? In that, uh, it's like really you can do this like over the internet, like. like but uh, now it's 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 a little bit more normalized, um, and uh, there's a lot of great online coaches out there. Um, but uh, yeah, we like to say that hey, you know, we we kind of help kick that off in in some way, and especially when it came to serving the the drug free athlete, because uh, there just wasn't a whole lot of choices, uh, especially when I first started bodybuilding, like. Um, 
that, that that's that was just the reality of the situation and and um yeah things have changed things have come a long way and uh i i love to see the fact that hey, you know it's like it's it's um it's an option for someone who really loves this fitness stuff and they're like you know what i i want i, I like this but what can i do when i first started it's like yeah i like bodybuilding but i, I guess i'm gonna have to get like I guess like a real job and do the bodybuilding thing on the side but we've managed to make those things mesh and, and um feel very fortunate that it, that it has been that way. And like yourself and obviously the team at 3DMJ, you you guys have been responsible for popularizing like that that, that motion and for, for for making it actually happen and for for normalizing like you said like 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 you said if somebody had said to me, you know, 11 years ago, 2009 at this point, um that I can do coaching online, I would have looked at them funny and saying like yeah, somebody's just trying to get some money out of me, but um no, you you you've, you've turned it into something that is, you know, a very legitimate industry online. Um, but with, with bodybuilding itself, I kind of want to get into your journey in bodybuilding. And I was wondering, how was it that you started out in bodybuilding? What was the original impetus for you to start lifting weights and start working on your physique? And, and how did that kind of kick off into, like, what could potentially be called an addiction with you? Hmm. Um, you know, I, I think unlike... A lot of the, um, um, you know, teenage boys, like, around my age, um, like, I just, I, I didn't have this infatuation with muscle, necessarily, or I didn't see the perks to having it. Um, I, I, I loved, I guess, regular mainstream sports a whole lot more. And uh, I think, if anything, I, I used to try to avoid the weight room at all costs, and I did a really good job of doing that, in fact. Um, and... Uh, I think, yeah, partially it's because my pops did it and, you know, he did it decently well. So I was like, you know, you kind of want to rebel and, and, you know, you don't want to be in the shadow of your father. So it's like, you know, it's like, no, nah, you do that thing. I'm going to go do this thing that involves like actual like running and getting out of breath. But, um, yeah, I had the opportunity to train with a friend. We were just looking for something to do after school. Basically, that's what he wanted to do. Like he was my partner. So like if, if he was doing that, I'm like, well, I guess I'll just I'll tag along. We probably won't get much done, but whatever. Let's do it. And um, no, it was, it was literally love at first rep, I think. Um, just I just I wanted to be there seven days a week. And uh, and it started to become a conflict when it comes to other sports because it's like I could be training as a bodybuilder, but, hey, you know, like we're, we're doing this right now. And, and, and then finally, I think at age 19, 20, I'm like, you know what, let's just let's just do this like full time, like year round. And, uh, and it was obviously, I think in hindsight, a, a good decision, but, um, but I, I wouldn't have seen this for myself. Like no way. <laughs> Love at first rep is a really kind of powerful statement. Um, and like, I, I don't doubt you for a second, but I'm just, just wondering what was it about hitting the weights that, that kind of, that got you, that hooked you? Um, like what was it literally just the feeling of a pump? Was it the feeling of, of how you were able to change your body and how you were able to change things yourself. Was it the control? What, what was it? See, I, I, it's funny. Initially, like, I didn't think there was such a thing as a pump. I thought it was just like my own, like this dysmorphia in my own head. I'm like, ah, you're just, you're seeing things. You just lifted weight. So you think like, it's, it's working, but it doesn't work that way. Um, um, but I, I think it was just the, the fact that it was a safe and welcoming environment to just like, be a an aggressive 16 year old you know where it's like i could 
I could, you know, just take out all that like energy. Uh, and, uh, and it was, it was, it was encouraged. And, um, I, th- I think it was a combination of that and, you know, how beginner gains are. It's like, Hey, you know, you, you come in, you work hard and then you come in again and you're, you're even better now. And it was like that for a while. Um, whereas with other sports, I, I didn't see that much of a connection there because, um, yeah, I had a knack for a lot of sports. So it was more so I could just show up, be hyper competitive, just kind of be at the right places at the right time and you're doing well. But like, it, it didn't work that way with this sport. And I, I, it was, it was a bittersweet thing. It's like, oh, I got to keep showing up if I want to get better and better. Um, but it just, it felt so appropriate. The, the weights in my hand, it just, nothing had ever felt so right. So, um, before I knew it, they ended up actually cutting out of the gym, the partners that I started with. And, uh, it was just me by myself. So, um, so yeah, it, 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 and to this day, again, it's like, it's my first love. And, and 21 years later, I am still my favorite part of my day. That, that's a pretty awesome thing to, to hear. Um, so like, obviously you, you're naturally gifted at sports. You said you could, you know, let's say to, to a certain extent, you could show up and, you know, you just kind of be super competitive and, and you would progress and you were, you were a great athlete. Was it the fact that, you know, bodybuilding is something that you need to constantly be improving at and that you can constantly improve at over time? Was was that probably part of the, the attraction? Yeah, yeah. That And then there was a learning component to it. It's like, you know, initially it was just about lifting a weight. And then um, eventually, like, I realized, like, hey, you know, if I eat a loaf of bread before I go train, I get a better training session. And then eventually it's like, oh, the importance of protein. So okay, I need protein after my training. So I started to eat protein after my training. So, and then eventually it's like, oh, wow. So now I have to eat protein like X amount of times. It just kept getting more complicated as I just dove into the research. Not all of it was like right, of course, at the time being that it was like 2000, 2001. And, you know, they let anyone put stuff out there, it seemed like, um, so long as you, you fulfill the prerequisites of, of like looking like you lifted. Um, so I like that part is that every, as I did more research, I could apply it and then that would help enhance my, my experience. So, you know, it, it, so again, it was like the, it fulfilled the, just that, that aggressive part that, um, I think to just a lot of, especially teenage males, it's like, it's in there you just need to place it somewhere appropriate. And then, um, and then also just the, the curious side of me, the, the thinker, it also really, really satisfied that part. So it was, and, and again, it's like, best way you could describe a sport is like, yeah, it's like science meets art meets sport, you know? Um, and I think bodybuilding is definitely a, it's a really, really good way of describing it. Um, uh, one, one thing that like, we're, we're going to get into a lot of stuff in, in, in this conversation. Um, and one thing I kind of want to get about first is obviously, you know, you're what would be considered a natural or a natty bodybuilder. And, and I know that for you, that's, that's like a tremendous source of, of pride for you. And nowadays with, with social media, um, I think we are absolutely, especially if we compare this to, you know, like, like you said, uh, however many years ago, like, you know, even 20 years ago, we're continuously bombarded with images of what men are supposed to look like. And, and obviously what women are supposed to look like. And, there is uh, a whole side of that. That's the whole bodybuilding side of things. And men are supposed to be really muscular and big and, and whatever. And for a lot of people, and I'm going to say especially young people, although I know it's not limited to young people, they can see a way of getting to that stage uh, or a shortcut of getting to that stage is, is getting into, into steroids. Okay. And 
it, like it's completely understandable why they what would want to do that because we live in a world where everything is supposed to happen now and you know very very few people have the patience because especially with something like bodybuilding as you'll know it's something that takes time yeah. years to to build up but i was wondering if you like you've been quite open about you know your own uh thoughts regarding things like steroids and pro hormones and i was wondering if you could just talk to some of your past experiences with with kind of dealing with that and wanting to to get a shortcut to more growth and more gains and and kind of the body that you were or the ideal that you were pursuing. I was wondering if you could talk to that a bit. Um well to kick things off when I first started it was it was um I think it's a little bit more normalized now. You know, it's like it's like there's like like I could post a meme about uh trend, you know, and like people wouldn't be offended they'd laugh and they get it. You know, it's like people it, it's it's come a long way in that sense. Um but I'd say the main difference like when I first got to go with this is it it was just expected that at a certain point that that was the route you're going to take um you know once you got a decent base you understood how things work you built up those good habits it's like that was the the, the next level um and for a minute I actually yeah I did believe that was kind of in the cards for me it's like it's like I would you know frequent like the other areas of of the training forums but then every once in a while I would go into the uh the steroid sections and just like try to pick up you know like try to learn what I could and um but so and again I was I was open it open to it to the point where I I I think the vast majority of my training partners like early on were like users um but we didn't really discuss it nearly as as much like or, or really at all like we would just come in and, and train and um <clears throat> they they were 40 pounds heavier than I but you know we were there to help each other and support each other and so i i didn't see anything negative like when when it came to that there was no negative schemas it was just more so like um just what you have to do at a certain point you know it's like i, I guess like here with like american football it's like hey you know you can play elementary school you play you know middle school but then high school college and you have the ability to go beyond it's like guess what it just becomes um there's more small print right and and it just comes with being a competitive athlete i think just in general cuz i mean getting lean lean to the levels that you have to is is a competitive bodybuilder just not the best thing for you but i mean at that point it's not for health it's for competition um but um but but yeah so fast forward to now i think people kind of have to take like the it's like a combination of like the blue pill red pill right when it comes to like looking at at, at media and and what i mean by that is that so a lot of the people who you're just going to see over and over in your feed they are like they they're predisposed to doing very well when it comes to this um you know so much in fact that i i think the vast majority of my experience of people with like great genetics uh if you even bring up the word genetics like they're like no it's like you're so oblivious man because you're 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 so like locked into your n equals 1 experience like that's all you know and you think if if it doesn't work out this way for others it's it's simply their own fault um or because you know they're not doing what you know you do and and obviously they they work like tremendously hard uh, no one looks like that without you know putting in their fair share but but yeah you have to remember that is it the difference between say this sport and other sports is it um you know most kids in high school it's like when they pick up the basketball they they they're like I'm going to 
you know, try to make this team and try to contribute to my team and be the best basketball player I can be. Um, almost right away, I get out of their mind that I'm going to be like LeBron James, you know, I, even though, yeah, yeah, right. So it's, it's like the fans here, like partake in the sport. And I think that's where, it, you know, like you get people who perhaps jump on too early because they feel like that's, that's what I have to do. Um, or, or, um, or people who assume that everyone who looks a certain way has to be like using, you know? Um, but again, it's like, those are the freaks and like other sports, like they differentiate that like really, really well. Um, I think because the systems are a little bit more clear cut in regards to like how you, you know, go up that totem pole. Uh, but I guess like the, the other side of it, I guess the more political side is like, I do wish, uh, those who have that gift were just a little bit more responsible with what they posted, um, with, um, you know, how they, frame what is going on within within that square um because i mean we all know the power of the media like and it's crazy we would always like blame like the media about you know like trying to sell us this trying to sell us that trying to uh make us feel better we don't look this way we don't have that sort of life and it's funny because now that everyone can be their own little you know like media company um like we're we're no better at the micro level and i think that's just that, that, that we, it's a fairly new concept. So, um, yeah, social media literacy is just something that, you know, we're like the trial generation. And I think like 10, 15 years from now, it's like, you know, we'll know how to use it a little bit more responsibly on, on both ends. Hopefully. Yeah. So if, if we, if we talk about, um, your own experience about like when you were, when you were younger and when you were, Kind of, you had that base, and you had thoughts about like like you, you gave serious consideration to um, to using something to enhance your performance. How did how did that go down, or how uh, what what happened at that point in your life? Hmm. Um. So, yeah, it was it was first of all, it was so normalized to the point where um, I don't think in, in hindsight, yeah, they were perhaps not telling you everything but you know it's like the message that was sent was was more so that those are people who are using it responsibly like you know just show here like read for months years and it may be while you're doing your other thing and, and you know trying to build up the fundamentals and um and you know because of that i was like oh, okay well you know this is it's just like any other sport you know like you know at some point you know like it's it's Again, like in sports, it's it's not safety first. Like that's just how it is. Like, like no, no buts about. It. And I think just in the real world in general, like we we get in cars to to go to work, you know. Um, so it's, it's you just assess your risk and you decide what it is that you know you're willing to do personally. And uh, based off what I knew, I was like, okay, maybe at some point, like, but I was going to be pretty patient with it. I was going to get my natural pro qualifications. I can say I at least at that no one could take that away from me. And, and then, uh, you know, it's like tell everyone like, okay, well, you know, it's cool to party with you guys, but I need a, I want to go test this out. Um, and, uh, it, it wasn't until I actually, I hired an online coach, Lane Norton. Um, he got me to count calories for the first time in, um, in my life, which was eight years into training, which again, it's like, uh, I thought I was getting my fundamentals like 
straight out. But and I, I would tell my friends and family, yeah, calories matter. But when it came to myself, not so much, right? Um, but then I saw what I could do with like what I had, and that that was more than enough to convince me to just stay. I was like, oh wow, I have so much control over like this vessel, what's going on, and um, I, I thought I knew most everything prior to that. So how much more do I think I know, and I, I really don't. So that kind of set me up straight was just actually having a good season in the natural circuit going up to the pro level and then seeing that, you know what, there's, I think a fine argument here that I'd say a lot of people assume that some of the best genetics are on like the IFBB side of things, but a lot of the dudes in the natural route, like they just, they, they're so gifted. Sometimes they just have no interest because this is just the way like they're, like body works like i've seen guys that that have been dehydrated for two days and like they're like full vascular um <laughs> within the last few weeks they've competed at body weights of like 175 183 and then they decided to go back down to like 160 and they still look like just so there's just just how there's tall people there's like people who when it comes to this are just ridiculous so i saw those folks and i'm like okay look i wasn't I don't have all the intangibles you have, but you know what? I'm going to try to figure it out. And I'm going to try to work my way up. And uh, it's it's going to be really difficult, but it's going to be a pleasure to try to do that. So I'm like, I have so much to do here. This will keep me busy for a lifetime, essentially. I think it's a really, really good way to look at the sport because, like you said, you, you when you took on a coach, you know, um, after years uh, of doing sport and just, you know, learning about macros, that's a, that's a huge change. And when you think about it, there are so many different things that you can focus on and you can look on and you can learn and you can add to your arsenal as an athlete and as, as a bodybuilder. Um, and I think it's really, really beautiful that, that that's your, was your reason for saying, Hey, I don't need to jump to that, that level. Like let's say with, you know, being assisted before I exhaust all of the possible, you know, permutations of whatever I can do down here in the, in the natural. So, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely uh, amazing. Um, just out of curiosity, how long did you work with Lane for? We worked from January till August together. So yeah, yeah, it was it was about eight months, eight eight months together, and um, I was probably the lo- most chill client ever. Like I remember, I don't think he he had many at the time. So this was in two thousand eight. So I remember uh, he would try to find me. I, I, I recall he would try to call. Uh, my mother and then my sister is like, I haven't heard from this guy. And, and like the way I saw it was like, is like, you know, like, like it's going well, man. It's like, I just won my last show. I'll let you know if I get stuck, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting experience, but he was, he was, he was wonderful. And he definitely played a vital role in like where, where I'm at today, because that was, I guess you could say the year where, um, we were just doing a lot of unconventional things uh, relative to like the rest of the bodybuilding world. So like my um, my pictures were often used as like no like this works this works this works this works is the poster boy for science and calories matter and flexible dieting and 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 all that jazz. So um, so yeah no he was he was he was dope and still to this day like a, a good friend. Uh, that's awesome. That kind of brings me onto onto this next question, Rich, because. You've had a very su- successful career, and you've had the opportunity to, you know, to, to travel so much with with bodybuilding, and to meet so many people in the industry, and 
to work with some of those people in the industry. You know, you, you've created 3DMJ. Um, you've created loads of educational content yourself. And I just wanted to know, what are some, in, in your career as, as a bodybuilder, what have been some of the major moments that have influenced, let's say, your outlook and, and your training strategies over the years? What have been some of like, the key moments? So, like, um, I guess you could say about faces and, and protocols, uh, or 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 career it, highlights. It, it, it can be it can be about both, actually. Okay. Okay. Um, so, I'd say the the big one career wise, I think, was and this was like as a whole as a team is when we started. To, it's like respect from your peers. It's, it just hits a little bit different, you know. It's like when. Um, you know, someone who is a fan of body recompositioning is like, they, they dig what I do and they tell me that it's like, it's like, yeah, it feels good. Thank you. But like when say Doug Miller told me that like, he's like, man, your quads are like way bigger in person than like I imagined. I was like, oh wow, that's, that's a little different. Right. So kind of taking from that. And I think when we started as a team to get uh, just recognition from our natural bodybuilding community, because initially we were, uh, we're trying to be like the muscle media because that's that was the issue. It's like there's shows going on everywhere, but like it's um, no one hears about it. Like the magazine was quarterly, so um, so we're like, all right, we're going to go to as many of these shows as it's like realistic. Have maybe people on this side of the country write for us and you know like write summaries of how it went. Um, and uh, so the the uh, at the time because we were a little bit ahead of ourselves, we we were already like in the in the cyber world. They were still in print. Uh, it just, it wasn't super welcomed because it's like, oh, you're kind of undercutting us, you know? Um, fast forward like four or five years later, it's like all these promoters that didn't really understand like what it is that we were doing. It's like, man, like you guys are great for the sport and you guys have helped the sport grow and, and then helped specific shows just like blow up and, 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 and we're really grateful for you. And, and again, like even when they were kind of like, eh, about us, it was, it, it was we we it was, there was still respect both ways. Like, the sports just had been doing it for so long that way that they just weren't ready for this next leap. So I think just and that kind of extends to just being an ambassador for the sport and again like helping people or or letting people know that hey you know you have two options like when it comes to this like you don't have to do it that way. I think that's been probably yeah just been a huge career highlight like drug-free bodybuilding used to it was it was like hey to people the way they imagined it it was like hey guys that are look like swimmers and you know they, they line them up on the stage with 10 and that's 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 what they thought so um so that's been i think um just just crazy to see grow it's like when your peers just you know give you give you the props um i'd say in regards to just my mind being uh humbled um you know it's 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 a combination of things um often like it's like to me it's always wonderful to see like anecdote um be proven by science like most recently like the whole calf thing where it's like hey how you do calf raises does impact what side of the calf you're you're training and that's something that like the bros have, have said forever and, and um i've it teaches me to just be open to both sides, like both like the 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 in the trenches people who are like sound, they're objective, they're curious, um, 
And, and then also it's like, hey, you know, and then also like the science bin, I think like if you keep um, an eye out on both sides, it's like that's that's where you like essentially like learn the most. And I think the wisdom like via the bro lineage is, is just way too frequently um, shot down. But like when you think about it, it's like imagine you're this bro, your objective, um, you're super curious, you have a ultra high responding body as it is, and then you throw drugs into the mix. It's like you're going to be able to sort out experiments like super quick, you know, did this work? Did this not work? It's like, it's yeah. So it's like often what they say is like, ah, oh, well, you know, drugs, ah, oh, it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's your experience or the experience of just you and your clients. And, and, you know, and science gets its own like, like flack as well. So, um, so on my end, I think just the longer I do this, the more it's like, okay, you need to like, kind of like, Hey, keep both Jeff Alberts and, and like Eric Holmes like close to you because that's how you're going to like learn the most. You, you, you've actually you've answered uh, a question that I was going to get into already, which was how do you meld kind of the, the whole evidence based side and the science based side of things with with that bro uh, side of things. So like I'm glad you got in there first. But I, I think some that, that I really really want to ask there is you've had the the opportunity to work with some incredible people. And I'm just wondering if you can just talk about some of the things that you have learned from the people that you've worked with over the years and the people, not even not even necessarily on a professional level, but like just people that you've had a chance to interact with in this industry over the years. What are some of the, like, the major things that you've learned? What are some of the, who are some of the most influential people that you've had the opportunity to, to interact with? Hmm. Um, well, um, I like the whole, just when you've seen everything, it's like, boom, here it comes. Like, like, what is that? Like, um, so seeing like, those, almost those general, general, <laughs> generational athletes, uh, like, like pop up in your inbox, like that has been always just a humbling. Um, uh, one that sticks out in my mind was, uh, Cynthia Weldon, who was our sponsored athlete like many years back. And, uh, so we get this application, 15 year old girl. And, uh, yeah, 15 year old girl and she's sending her front relax and her back relax uh, poses. And I'm like, this is a joke. There's, there's no way like this, this, this girl's got like, not just pro levels of muscle, but like she'd be very muscular for a pro. Um, and, uh, I'm like, this is a joke. I'm gonna call this number right now and I'm gonna, I'm gonna see like what's going on. And right away, like maybe 30, 40 seconds in, I'm like, oh, wow. This is definitely a 15 year old girl I'm talking to. Can I speak with your mother? And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, we, we squared away things and, and, you know, I'm like, I told her mom, I'm like, Hey, I think she's going to be awesome. And, and, uh, we, we like to potentially sponsor her prep this year. So, um, that one was, you know, at that point, I'm like, I've seen most everything. I, I, I know what the freaky freaky looks like. So that's always interesting. Like when you get those, those, those athletes, it's just like leave you in awe because you know, after a while you, you've seen most everything. Um, I'd say um, outside of like when it comes to just like the coaching experience like with athletes, like one thing I've learned in regards to just doing a better job is, um, yeah, at the end of the day, even if they are freaks, you know, like no matter who they are, it's like there, there still needs to be that human connection. So I've tried to do a better job of just 
getting better at my soft skills and uh and you know it's just just like trying to figure out what they like what makes them tick um what their you know worries what their concerns are and, and kind of get up in their life just a little bit more than maybe I would have felt comfortable say 10 years ago but I think part of that is just like hey I'm 37 years old now so it's like it's like you accumulate some life wisdom and, and it's like I feel like I can be so like I, cuz I had a lot of great coaches in the past where you know that's 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 exactly how it was it's like they'd be like yo son come over here tell me about that girl man what's up you know so like it's it's yeah like if you do it right like you could do it in a like ethical non creepy way where um you become someone who's like super important to that athlete not just as an athlete but you know again this should enhance your life so you help them enhance your life by kind of mixing that in so that's been key of late so just just out of curiosity obviously you work with a lot of athletes and building a relationship with with athletes and and guiding them on their path in bodybuilding you know if you're trying to develop that kind of a relationship which i think is a fantastic right it's something that coaches need to do and the better relationship a coach has with 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 their their clients the more you can get out of them because you know there's just there's a lot to it but honesty becomes a big part of it but for you like i know myself that it's it can be emotionally draining it 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 can take it out of you to to kind of give as much of yourself to your clients as they want to get from you how how do you balance that because you you're you're uh, you are still an athlete you're a bodybuilder yourself you're putting in huge amounts of effort physical and mental into into your preps yourself how are you able to continue giving as much as you do to your clients while maintaining a life as, as well yeah um yeah, i think a big part of it is just selling it to yourself is like your purpose you know and like being okay with like I'm kind of looking around and like oh, I guess I am in the front lines I guess I am the leader here right so uh like charge you know and that kind of um that energy sources at least for now it's worked quite well where you know it's like I it's like it's it's not just like me as a coach me as an athlete but it's like this is like my tribe of people and uh and and yeah just waking up and and attacking things like this is my purpose this is what i was meant to be is is uh, abstract and weird as i can be it, it 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 really gives me that kick you know it's like i i think everyone who's passionate about something that's that's kind of maybe they don't think about it like this is my purpose to like love collecting watches but um but you know it, it's 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 in there you know so i think at this point Yeah, that's at least for now. Like I think that's that's my purpose in this stage of of my life. So it's really easy to get to. It's like, hey, you know, it's like what does a farmer do, right? It's like yeah, he goes and he come back when the sun's down and that's that's just something that I've committed to. With that said though, I definitely prioritize like time away from it all. I think that is that is nice so that when you get back to work it's like you feel like refreshed and just ready to dive in and the next thing you know like 3 hours have gone by. So um so yeah that is also like like full rest days from even your passion I think I mean think about like with you could be your significant other it's like y'all can like get along super well but it's like when you don't see the person in an interval that's perhaps a little bigger than what you're used to it's like come over here I'm happy to see you right so um so yeah you got to pace it that way too that's good for you so it it almost sounds like that you instead of it being let's say a burden it it's, it almost sounds like you kind of feed off 
that interaction that you feed off that coaching. But and I, I think that's amazing. I like you know, just to be so passionate about something. Um, out of curiosity, what what is your your relaxation or your your kind of chill out or your time away strategy? Oh, um, so we have mountains. Like literally, I, I go that way in my truck for like ten minutes. Um, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere in the the Rocky Mountains, so that's that's one of them. Um, eating out with friends, so that's one place where the lockdown definitely like impacted me because that, that's like you know, especially during the summers, like being in a patio and just being lost in dialogue with someone, especially someone who like has nothing to do with this world per se. Um, like that hits the spot. So those things, my dogs. My family. I'll go through my checklist of friends that I just haven't contacted in a while. And I'm like, oh, I'm about at this person today. Um, so, um, so yeah, yeah. Um, also, I think one thing going to do a better job of is I want to take up new hobbies simply because uh, I don't plan on getting terrific at them. But it's nice to be a blank canvas and like to be a student for once. So, uh, so I'm looking around. A lot of the bodybuilders have jumped into the BJJ thing, but it doesn't like pull me in. Um. Oh, Tanya with the hunting. Um. So I'm open to like one of my friends were to like just tell me, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna go do this. You want to come along?" I'm like, "All right, let's 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 give it a go." Because yeah, I think being a student, like just a blank blank canvas. Like I think it's it's good for you because it indirectly I won't be thinking about it because I'm be thinking about the salsa dancing I'm doing or whatever. Like it's gonna like help me with like my coaching and it kind of put me on their end. Funnily enough, I was going to ask you where you're going to take up something like dance. So it's interesting that you said salsa dancing. Is that a possibility? We have a place here that teaches salsa, and you know how it goes with dancing classes. They're, they're usually short on males, so it's like. Good. I am. I am a big fan of salsa dancing, and I can. I can tell you, if if there is ever a hobby that you wanted to try out, and you wanted, like, it, and I'm going to say it's a little bit, a little bit like bodybuilding because you start salsa dancing, and then you'll suddenly realize. Oh my god, I'm shit at this. And then you're like, I gotta get better. And then then you get you you get it into your head, and you're like, I gotta get really good at this. And there's you just keep going. There are the, the levels are like just up there. You can just keep learning and learning forever. So, dude, if if you take it up, it is it's it's a great hobby to have. There's lots of stuff to do in, in Colorado, I'm sure. <laughs> How long does it take to get decent? Oh, jeez, man. How long is a piece of school? Um, okay. I'll put it to you like this. Right? I'm, I'm an Irishman, so that means I have no natural rhythm at all. Um, I, my first year dancing, I think because it, it was so long between my classes, just because of where I lived, it took me a year to get into it. And for that year, I hated every time I danced in public because I was like, oh, my God, people are going to look at me. It's like going into the gym for the first time. You're like, oh, God, I hope yeah. nobody sees me doing anything like this. But you, you just you just realize that the more you practice, the less you suck, and you just mm. you just gotta suck a little bit less every time, and then you get to a point where you're like, "Oh crap, I'm dancing now. This is this is a lot of fun," and then it gets really addictive, really really addictive. <laughs> Careful. That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it's probably a hobby that I want to start off with like one night a week, and then before you know it, it's like I need to increase the volume in order to get any better and yeah, uh, I, i've had times in my life where i've been out dancing seven nights a week and like at the end of it your body is just ruined and you're like oh i can still do it again <laughs> that sounds amazing man all right okay let's go let's, let's go back to you because sorry we went off topic there folks sorry about that um 
another thing that I wanted to, to ask you about was, um, so like when, when you're working with clients, and this is, this is an interesting thing, because you mentioned when you were working with Lane, you were like a super chill client. When you're working with clients, it, it is possible to get people who are hyper compliant. Okay, people, and because oftentimes when we're talking about this, the, the hard thing is getting people to do or, or follow our advice sometimes. Yeah. But you will always find people who are hyper compliant and you, you've got a kind of a, a, a responsibility there where you're this person who is giving them this advice and they're, you're very responsible for their, you know, what they're going to be doing. And that, that person is looking up to you for guidance. Do you think that with people who are like that, who are super compliant, hyper compliant, that there are things that you need to watch out for and things that as a coach you need to be extra careful with, extra responsible with when it comes to develop, developing them as, as an athlete? Yeah, yeah, because, um, man, I think that's how a lot of people eventually just, just burn out. And uh, I don't think they just burn out and necessarily stop being that way. I think they usually burn out and they just go apply to something else, you know? Which again, is, I don't take it back. And that's the cool thing about bodybuilding is again, there's so many life lessons and like that are uh, yeah, that relate to, to real life. That it's okay, you can use this. Which is again, it's 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 like we don't get serious, we take it serious, but it's not that serious. Yeah, and you can you can you can it can help you expose parts of you that you need to work on, obviously. So and then you know, fix it up here and then. Hopefully, you see that it works well here and you apply it to other parts of your life. And with those people, yeah, it is something that, that like, you have to address. Like, sometimes I'll get the spreadsheets on all It's just, it's been two weeks and it's like, Barb's have been at 201, 201, 201, 201. So I'm like, okay, well, this is good, but at the same time, this is necessary, you know, because, like, I'm not bodybuilding Jesus. It, those are just arbitrary numbers that I think won't work for the most part. Um, and yeah, you have to like be creative and find little exercises for them to work on other challenges outside of what like in fact is actually pretty easy. It's actually the comfort zone for them, and it can be small things like you know that last meal you eat every day. Don't put it in your tracker. You know, um, you have one meal uh, a week where you know again like these are your macros for that day, and that meal. You just, I wanted to go to this explicit restaurant. I wanted to make it happen. And, uh, and uh, yeah, you get your no appetizers, your, your, your main entree, and you get to split a dessert or something like that. So, um, so yeah, you got to, there's just so many ways to improve. And I think sometimes the athletes, they're, again, they, they know what they want, but they don't always know what they need necessarily. And it's kind of up to you as a coach to just kind of scan and, and see what, can potentially in the future uh, yeah, just create a, a huge setback. And that, that is a huge one because almost everyone I've seen has kind of lived it up that way. At a certain point, it's like it's like pulling a pendulum, right? If you pull it too far in one direction, guess what? It's going to swing right back that way. And you're going to have to wait before things chill up before you can comply again. So I've seen it a lot with especially the social media uh, era right now where someone stays far too leaner than their body likes for far too long because again themselves and then they can't like follow a diet for like the next four years you know because they gotta like shake off all that trauma basically you know get themselves back to zero so um 
so yeah, super important. Uh, I think especially they're 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 great to work with in the way that you're, you're going to get done whatever you want to do in terms of body comp or like strength and it's, it's going to most likely happen. But um, but man, there's a person in there. So uh, outside, uh, you know, they should, your clients shouldn't just be good before or after pictures for you. It's like you need to take care of the things that you know maybe the images don't don't capture. So uh, so yeah, those are concerning in their own way, like absolutely. I, I, I think that's a that's a really really good point that a, a lot of coaches may not necessarily think of well a, a lot of not great coaches might not necessarily think of is that you are working with a person and while you might do an absolutely fantastic job of getting somebody onto a stage or, or getting them a trophy or whatever getting them a pro card at the end of the day you want them to be doing this in a healthy manner for for many years to come and like you know I really like the fact that you use the word trauma and. Unfortunately, with, with with this sport, I think there is a massive potential for trauma. And like I've I've had Eric on the podcast before, and we've kind of spoken about like some of the, the, the negative sides of this, and and like the potential within the sport is huge. But I think the quality of the coach and like the stuff that you just said there, you know, caring about what's going to happen to people in the long run is huge. Um, and it's it's just awesome to to be you know hearing another great coach talking about it. Um, I, w- I wanted to know, like, just because people will kill me if we don't actually talk some specifics about, like, you know, bodybuilding and stuff. But I wanted to know that over the over the years, what do you feel have been, let's say, if we talk about just on the nutrition side of things and we talk on the training side of things, if we if you could pick like one or two concepts or principles that you've learned over the years that you think have just revolutionized the way that you train and the way you approach your nutrition. What, what would some of those things be? Okay. Um, man. So I think the, the, on the training side, a, a big one is for, for muscle growth specifically is, uh, yeah, we used to like hear about like, Oh, you got to do your deadlifts. You got to do your squats. Like those are king exercises. And um, you know, surely enough, it it, 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 uh, it probably was there for a reason. That's because for a really long time there was like you know pre nautilus like it's what you had. So the people committed to those exercises, they saw you know great results. Um, but like now, it's like you know, it's it's uh, it's a very localized adaptation that we're after. And all we have to do is understand the function of that muscle and uh, and you know train it with enough stimulus where we cause a disruption, but for the most part of our time, we're able to recover from that. It's, it's, it's going to grow, and I think that's that's been very liberating because I spent a good chunk of like my 20s trying to fit in movements that, you know, I did them because it was, it was just a bodybuilding tradition. So I like the fact that, hey, now it's, it's, it's more inclusive to like all different types of like body types and dimensions because, you know, maybe the guy who's you know, five inches higher than nine babies that the squat is not the best for him. Um, so I, I, that part has been huge. And, and it's not necessarily that just I understand that, but more so that like my athletes coming in understand that. They don't feel like they have to sumo deadlift because Matt will get sumo deadlifts and, and such. So um so yeah, um that's that's been a huge I think breakthrough for just everyone. It's like hey, whatever movements feel like it's you against the weight and not you against the weight against your body. Those are probably the ones we should, we should roll with. Um, 
on the nutrition side. Um, so, you know, for a minute there, the II volume thing was like the answer, you know. Um, it was like the end of the diet. It's like no more videos. We're told that this is, this is going to solve all your problems. It became its own eating disorder in a way. But I think uh, what we were after really more than anything was just like autonomy. Like the athlete, like we crave it whether we we believe it or not. And like as kids, it's like, hey, you want your parents to let you go down a little bit further than down the block. We want that responsibility. We're not afraid of it up to a certain point. And when it comes to that, I think people want that. But it's hard to do that if there isn't an educational component. So, um, so yeah, I think the 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 IIFYM we needed that to kind of get us moving in the right general direction. But um, but I think the auto regulation that we think of it when we think of like training, it can be a feature that's built into a program, but the same thing goes with, with nutrition. But the athlete needs to be educated and equipped with the right knowledge so that they can make the right calls. So um, so yeah, I, I think that's been a huge one. It's just from day one with an athlete, it's like trying to build that in and, and you know, have them be a little bit more responsible and stop looking at me as like Excel Jesus. It's just like you know, the answers are there. This is all you need to know. Um, so, yeah, those have been huge. We'll continue to be, I think. Um, so what's the uh, what's the plan for yourself now for the let's say for the for the coming year what's uh, what's in store for uh, uh, Alberto? Um, well, I was going to low key do a powerlifting meet, like just not tell anyone. I was going to get decently strong and then just hop on one. So that's not going to happen. I, I don't because during the lockdown, I definitely my training. I'm nowhere near as strong as I was like pre uh, pre lockdown. So. Um, I want to build that back up because I love to be strong. Like there's just something different about um, like, yeah, you know, like looking yourself in the mirror and you're like, man, I've never looked like this before. Like that's satisfying, but there's just something so personal and intimate about like a PR, like you feeling that 10th rep with a load on a dumbbell press. And you had never felt that. And it's like running, like you don't need anyone to tell you that was awesome. Like it just felt amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I want to, you know, continue to add weight slowly and like lift some loads that I've never lifted before and, and, um, and, and stay healthy while doing it because that's, I enjoy that, man. Like people will, will often tell me at the gym, like, hey, go when I was your age and I'm like, bro, like I'm freaking, we could have gone to high school together, man. We're not that different, you know? So, um, I, I've, I, now I, I really understand just how much this impacts your health. Like I just wanted to be an athlete, but like now it's like, wow, this is, this is so good for you. Um, so on that note, I would like to be a bigger ambassador for just like getting people to lift. Cause I think it's the, it's one of the best, it's the closest thing to the perfect exercise in my opinion. And um, it's like, most people don't know they want to lift. Most people don't know they want to get stronger. Most people don't know that they want to get jacked, but they actually do. And it would improve the quality of most everyone's life. It just became something that was normalized a little bit more. It's just something you do if you own a human body. So I'd, I'd like to play a bigger role in that. Dude, that is uh, an awesome philosophy. Um, and like, just like, just because of my own research, what I do in, in uni, like working with the right. people, like to hear, you know, somebody like yourself say that is, it, it, it's big. And man, you know, I, I completely support whatever you do to kind of 
to get that message out there. Um, and I think you'd be a great ambassador for it because, you know, like you said, it, you know, lifting weights makes people healthier and it makes them live longer, healthier lives. Um, and it's, it's just awesome to hear you say that. Um, just like, Alberto, this has been uh, an awesome conversation. And like, I, I could chat to you for ages about this, not just about salsa dancing. Um, but just, just for anybody who might not be uh, following you right now, uh, and somebody who wants to follow what you do, what are some of the best ways for people to, to, to kind of follow what you're up to? So I'm definitely uh, more active on Instagram than any other platform, but we got the YouTube, 3dmusclejourney.com, the website, where we have a plan, like in order, basically every week something new for the foreseeable future. So you know how it goes. It's like you you step back and you push, right? And, and we're in a push, in push mode right now. So that's that's going to be exciting because we have quite the team. It's not just myself. Uh, if you think I'm all right, uh, we have a whole host of like coaches and, and, and contributors to our website that are just like, just on point good. So, um, so yeah, you can find me there. And, and uh, again, Instagram's where I spend most of my time. It's like 50% informational, 50% just me, just not growing up, but, um, but, yeah, and usually I'm I'm pretty good about answering questions that I do get. So feel free if if uh, you guys have something that uh, you you think I can help you with. Um, and just for anybody, if you're not following Alberto already, do it. Um, hop over, check out his content, check out the rest of the guys on 3D Muscle Journey. Um, like just from a personal perspective, I think it is some of the finest information that you will find on a natural bodybuilding anywhere on the interwebs. Um, and it's just like like you said. You, you have a great bunch of collaborators over there. So, um, yeah, uh, Alberto, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today, and um, hopefully I'll have the opportunity of uh, speaking with you at some point in the future again. Absolutely, man, and I'll be, I'll be well rehearsed when it comes to dance by then. You'll see. <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. <laughs> Likewise, man. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Health Scientist Podcast. I really hope you've enjoyed and maybe even learned something from what we've spoken about today. And if you did, I'd love it if you could leave a rating or a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use, or maybe even share a link on social media, in your Instagram stories, Facebook, Twitter, even LinkedIn. It really helps spread word of the podcast, which means I can continue to get great guests to speak about different topics in health, which means more content for you. It really means a huge amount to me personally too. If you ever want to watch one of the podcasts live or ask questions to any of the guests, you can do so by following me on Instagram at be more nutrition. That's at B underscore more underscore nutrition. And I'd love to hear your comments and feedback about the podcast. So please comment on the podcast post or feel free to drop me a message directly. And if you ever have a suggestion for a guest that you'd like to hear, please do let me know. I'll be back soon with another podcast. See you then.